It is a perfect Saturday morning just outside New York Central Park, and Steve Brill is waiting for the last of the 20-odd tour members to arrive. He tightens the strap on his rucksack, sets his pith helmet at a jaunty angle, and explains why for the past two decades, New Yorkers have known him as Wild Man Steve Brill. I do tours throughout the greater New York area, and we hunt for edible wild plants, herbs, greens, berries, nuts, seeds, roots, mushrooms, renewable resources, things that you can harvest that just grow back again, things people call weeds that our ancestors have been using for thousands of years for food and home remedies. So there's a lot of nature and wildness within the city. I mean, you wouldn't really think that in the middle of New York with all its taxicab buses and smog that there would be anything wholesome. New York was built where it was built because it is an area that's full of natural resources. We have uh, foreign plants, we have native plants, we have lawn areas, we have wooded areas, we have the entire seashore, which is a habitat all uh, of its own. We have lakes, rivers, streams. This is not a desert where New York is, so there's a lot of stuff to find. It's time to start. Mr. Brill offers a warning before we enter the wilds of Central Park to forage together. Only eat things that you've identified with 100% certainty. Uh, you're responsible for what you eat. And you can eat any plant once, but you might not be around to eat it twice. With purposeful strides, the wild man leads us into the park itself, past an impromptu jazz combo busking for change, and across a wide pathway clogged with roller skaters, bicyclists, joggers, and colorful assorted others. Soon, we're at the crest of a small hill the mowers haven't reached, and Wild Man Steve points to a patch of greenbriar. The plant is also called catbriar because it has whiskers like a cat, and it has claws to scratch you with, and it's called blasphemy vine because if you fall into it, you commit blasphemy. The older leaves of this plant, the dark green ones, tend to get tough and leathery. The younger, smaller leaves and the tips of the stems and the tendrils are edible. And it's quite tasty. Soon we spot a sassafras tree, one of the plants the wild man loves to find here at the Rambles, one of Central Park's more romantic locales. He points out that sassafras has three separate types of leaf. One leaf has three lobes or subdivisions. Another leaf is oval. And a third leaf looks like a mitten. Let's see if we can find one of the mitten leaves. Here it is. Pull up the root and smell this. You wash it off, simmer it on low heat in a covered pot for 20 minutes, remove the root, which you can use over again, and either enjoy the tea the way it is or chill the tea and add some sparkling water and a sweetener and you have root beer. The Indians use this as a spring tonic. They would drink the tea in the springtime to cleanse the blood and detoxify themselves, probably strengthens the immune system. Sheep sorrel is another common plant growing nearby. The wild man explains the name. It looks like a sheep's face. It has a pointy tip that looks like the nose, and then it has the ears on top. It's wonderful in salads. You can put it in soups. It's used in traditional Jewish cooking. There's a recipe called Shab in my wild vegetarian cookbook. And uh, it's absolutely delicious. I like the way it tastes. Yeah, I think it's not bad. People take the wild man's tours for many reasons. 
Some want a dose of nature in the midst of the city. Others want to cook with wild plants. There are even those eager to learn how to survive in the wild. But 18-year-old Chuck Siegel simply likes the sense of childlike wonder wild man Steve Brill brings to his job. It's kind of cool to know that there's a use to stuff around you that you don't know about. And uh, he's a really cool guy, definitely a hippie. The small jokes in between, they sound maybe a little overdone sometimes, but it shows that he has a a rounded appreciation, I think. He's got a nice perspective on things, and he's laid back, and he's got that crazy clapping noise sound, which I can appreciate for sure. That's wild man Steve Brill playing I'm looking over a four-leaf clover on the Brillophone a unique instrument he makes with his cupped hands as he searches for more edible plants. Finally, we arrive at a mulberry tree, bursting with berries. They're sort of soft and sticky. The unripe ones are green. Uh, You just touch them and they come off. And what eats these mulberries? I mean, how do they... Birds eat them and spread the seeds. And, of course, as you see, by all the berries on the ground, the birds cannot keep up with, with the abundance at this time of year. There's a huge, huge amount in season. It's almost lunchtime, so a drop cloth is quickly spread underneath the tree, and the command goes out to fetch today's dessert. Okay, shake the branches. Now, there we go, there we go, we got it. All this work and abundance are making us hungry. Steve Brill leads us to some comfortable rocks and gives us one more valuable pointer. When we have our lunch break, you can take uh, the sidewalk to your right, walk over to the boathouse, you'll find the rarest species in Central Park, the working restroom. It's an urban jungle out there, but you won't hear wild man Steve Brill complaining about it. For our world, this is Adam Phillips in New York City's Central Park.